All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here, Brad joining. J- Bra- wow, Brad, <laughs> I'm not too bad, man. Uh, just uh, getting getting into the new year, playoffs right around the corner. We finally got our results on who's in, who's out, and kind of excited to kind of give what I'm looking forward to in these matchups. Yeah, I mean, traditionally, this is a, a Tuesday pod, which would mean power rankings, but it's playoff week, wild card weekend, if you will. Super. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to go, we're going to go game by game and give our, give our predictions and we'll go from there. But I wanted to start with uh, kind of a hot topic of the Real Talk Facebook page today. Mm-hmm. So let's just go ahead and get to the background of this. So last night, um, the Washington football team had the opportunity to clinch a playoff spot. Two nights ago. Two nights Sunday ago. Night. Thank you. Yep. This is Sunday night football. Washington had the opportunity to clinch a playoff spot if they beat the Eagles. Uh, the Giants had defeated the Cowboys in the 1 o'clock time window and at that point had earned the spot until Washington had won the game. So if Philadelphia had won the game, the Giants were going to the playoffs. Well, uh, Jalen Hurts... Starts the game for the Eagles, and uh, in the fourth quarter, they are down uh, 14 to 17, I believe, going into the fourth quarter. Yep, they were down 14 17. Mm-hmm. And uh, somewhere in the fourth quarter, it was later in the game, but in the fourth quarter, Jalen Hurts is pulled after going 7 of 20 for 72 yards, one or zero touchdowns, one pick, uh, eight rushing or eight carries for 34 yards and two touchdowns rushing. So he did have a couple of touchdowns, uh, kind of a bad stat game. If you really look at it, um, but was pulled with the chance to win the game. They were down by, uh, three points. They ended up, ended up winning 20 to 14, but they were down 17 to 14 at the time. Um, so they still had the chance to win even on the last drive of the game, but they pulled Jalen hurts and put in Nate Sudafed. I think it's Sudfeld. I think Sud, it's Nate. Sudfeld. But it's, let's just call him Nate because I don't like his last name. I don't know yeah. exactly how to pronounce we're, it. We're going to go with a long time. Sudafed Isle 5. <laughs> <laughs> He's a long time NFL backup. He's been on this Eagles roster for a couple of years now. He's been like the third string essentially for a while. Yeah. Um, but the decision is made, and it's pretty obvious of why the decision is made. We're not going to beat around the bush. Uh, Doug Peterson pulled Jalen Hurts so that his team could lock up the number six NFL draft pick rather than the ninth NFL draft pick. And uh, Washington clinches a playoff spot because of it. At seven and nine, they have clinched a playoff spot. I'll let you go ahead and start. Um, The topic was brought up today because I shared a post of Joe Judge ultimately complaining that it happened but also sharing his insight that it shouldn't have happened. There was a little bit of everything, but I'll just go ahead and let you start with what, what is your feelings on what happened um, as a whole? Give me, give me everything you got. So first of all, I don't think Jalen hurts is some kind of superhuman, like the, the clear cut always going to be the best option. He's a rookie quarterback who's played two games. Yeah. And, for them to switch to Nate, I think the timing is weird. If you want to switch to Nate, why not just do it at halftime and give each quarterback a half? Um, it seemed like there's a lot of turmoil within the Eagles organization when they switched to Jalen Hurts by the players and everyone some of, except for, some of the captains for sure. Yeah, everyone really except for Doug Peterson. Um, there was new reports today that there's rumors that the the decision to put in Nate was from even higher up than Doug Peterson because Doug Peterson's got a boss too. You know, he doesn't just do whatever he wants. With this being said, I guess how you view what happened in the Eagles game, I don't view it as them trying to lose the game. As you pointed out to, they gave Jalen Hurts three quarters and he was seven for 20, less than 80 yards. I feel like a lot of people's reactions insinuate the fact that they believe if Jalen Hurts stays in the game, they win. I don't think that's a lock either. I don't think the Eagles win this game regardless. Then you move into, you know, oh, they put in Nate to lose the game. 
I understand Nate's not the best quarterback and he's been a backup for three years. But at this point, the Eagles' entire team has played bad the whole year and they need to at least see what they have because it all looks like Carson Wentz isn't going to be there next year. So they need to see if they need to draft another quarterback, if Jalen Hurts needs a backup or if Nate Sudfeld's there. I, If you have a problem with what the Eagles did, one, I don't have a problem with what the Eagles did at all. They can do whatever they want, see whoever they want. And some of the players who are complaining that you took away our chance to win a football game, he's given you 15 chances before this and you can only win four. No one on this roster deserves to say we would have won or you did us wrong. And I really hate where this gets linked to the Giants. I don't think the Giants have any right to to complain about what the Eagles did. But then Joe Judge going into the integrity of the game. You'll never have to worry about me doing this. Like, you might not ever be in a place where you'll have the chance to do something like this. Like, this is a weird situation that doesn't happen all the time. But for a coach to move up. Now, Doug Peterson's been terrible in front of the mic all day, all all year. To say, I was coaching to win the game. And then say, I just wanted to give him some snaps. Those don't really line up. Like, but strategically putting us in a position to win. And then I really got annoyed with Joe Judge. Like, I heard a piece by Colin Coward saying that, like, he's just trying to use this opportunity to market to free agents that this is the culture. I'm always going to put my players first. And, and I get that. But I also, in the back of my mind, and maybe this is a different perspective, but I don't like, and maybe maybe this is a bridge too far, it might rub you the wrong way, but I don't like how Joe Judge really tried to hit home on the integrity of the game when he coached for an organization for seven years that was accused of cheating multiple times and caught. So I, it wasn't, to, to me, it kind of rubbed me to where it's like, the integrity of the game, the lines can be blurred when it's in an attempt to win. But if it starts to look like an attempt to lose, then that's where we draw the line. Um, so, so those were the few things that rubbed me the wrong way. And for Doug Peterson, his job is on the line too. So, I mean, he's, he's not going to do something that's going to get him fired. So if it was really that unfathomable to the players and Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels before the game, you know, they were talking about how Sudfeld may get some snaps here in this game. And then it comes and the Giants blow up social media and everyone gets on Doug Peterson for throwing a game. In those three quarters, did anything lead anyone to believe that Jalen Hurts was going to win? And so what if it gives them the best chance to win? The best chance for them to win if this season means nothing is to get a better draft pick and draft capital and see what they have. So those are just my thoughts. I didn't have any problem with what Doug Peterson did. I didn't have any pro- – everyone's reaction can be what they want, but I believe as a head coach of a football team, you're allowed to do whatever you want with personnel, however you think it benefits you in the future, personally. I don't think he did anybody wrong on the Eagles' sideline. Let me start here. I think I have a lot of points here. Some good, maybe some bad. Regardless, I'm going to say them. So, first, I'm going to start by saying I agree with you. Doug Peterson and the GM have the ability to do whatever they want. They are the bosses. Okay? If they want to, um, if they wanted to field all third stringers, they could have done that. Okay? But I'm going to back up. <clears throat> I'm going to back up a couple of years, all right, um, to Super Bowl 52. Carson Wentz, a couple weeks prior to that, tears his ACL, uh, was probably a shoe in for the MVP at the time, ends up losing that uh, because of injury, and uh, he misses the Super Bowl. And Nick Foles ends up coming in, replaces him, and wins the Super Bowl, beating the Patriots, um, who had won at that point three of four, and were looking at trying to do, I'm sorry, they had won two of three. They were trying to win three of four, okay? And uh, right after the game, famously, you can look this up, it's everywhere, Lane Johnson, right tackle for the Eagles, uh, famously said he would rather win one Super Bowl having fun than win multiple Super Bowls being miserable like the Patriots. Okay? 
It's a very famous quote. Look it up. Um, he's been mocked for it ever since because, truthfully, the Eagles haven't done anything since. 22 Pat- and 25 with the tie since their Super Bowl. Patriots, obviously, the next year end up winning Super Bowl 53. Uh, this isn't about the Patriots, so we're going back to the Eagles. So, okay, your culture is to have fun, and by having fun, we're going to win games. All right? Um, that hasn't worked for you. I don't know what the Eagles culture is. I'm not in their locker room, but I can tell you what it's not. And that's winning. You know why? Because when you had the opportunity to win the game, you, you threw it away and you're like, well, this game doesn't mean anything to who, who doesn't it mean anything to the coach and the GM, that third string corner. That's still working his ass off the entire game, trying to get a roster spot, trying to make money. Yeah. The season doesn't go how you want. That happens sometimes. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to go back to the Patriots now. So the Patriots in week 17 had the opportunity to try and throw the game against the Jets to try to improve draft position. But what do they do? They go out there. They lay the smack down. They ran three trick plays. They laid everything out and they won the game because that's the culture in New England. And that's a culture at championship organizations. We're going to do everything we can to try and win today. We're not caring about tomorrow. We don't care about yesterday. Today is what we're focusing on. And if we have the opportunity to win, we're going to do so. The Eagles don't give a shit about that. They threw that out. They told their players, we don't want to win. And you're like, well, it was the last game of the year. Okay, Brad, when was it officially over for the Eagles? Like, at what point do do the games not matter anymore? At what point did you stop coaching your team to win? That's my question to you, Doug Peterson. At what point did you throw the season away? When you were... Four and uh, ten, you're sitting there telling me that this season still matters because you're in a playoff spot. Now, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you're eliminated, so now the season doesn't matter. Now I don't have to work hard. You're still going to pay me, but I don't have to work hard anymore. It doesn't line up. What Doug Peterson did was absolute bullshit. If you're going to feel the team like the Steelers did, you're locked into a playoff spot. Maybe not the actual seed, but locked into a playoff spot. You know you're going to the playoffs, and you want to start a second-string guy. Guess what? Mike Tomlin was still trying to win that game. He just doesn't want certain players to get hurt at risk. If you don't want, if you don't want Jalen to get hurt, or if you didn't want, don't play them in the first place. You sent the guys out there. You waited till your guys were actually going to potentially, and I'm not saying they were going to, like you said, they were not guaranteed to win there, but you waited until it was within reach. And you basically said, "Uh uh-uh, you guys are way too close. We're not doing this shit today. We're losing this game. It's wrong. It's bullshit. There's so Sunday night football flexed that game. And I don't know why I truly don't looking back. They should have flexed the Packers and the bears, but they, they tried to line it up so that everybody kind of couldn't play off the other game. Essentially, mm-hmm. you know, because if, if the Cowboys and Eagles play on Sunday night football last night, and this game happens at one, they're not playing for anything. They want so, you to watch the game. So I don't want to spend a terrible amount of time on that. We both got our points out and maybe it changed your opinion. If you're listening, maybe it didn't, maybe you thought of something, maybe you didn't before, but Doug Peterson puts Nate Sudfeld in the game and he's driving down the field. He completes three or four passes. I believe it is. And they're about 15 to 20 yards out of field goal range. And Jason Kelsey sends a shotgun snap through the dirt turnover. Because Nate Sudfeld has to get it by his ankle. Jason Kelsey is being one of the most vocal players in criticizing Nate Peterson or Doug Peterson, excuse me. Why did you make the switch? You know, actually, the change in style of quarterback seemed to be working at least for one drive until their Pro Bowl center turned the ball over. So, I mean, if, if Nate Sudfeld continues that drive, then say they just get a field goal and the game's tied. This, this narrative is totally different, but because of how it ended up turning out, this switch is weird, but he didn't send Nate Sudfeld out there as like a suicide note, like just giving up the game. Nate Sudfeld could still play. He was playing well for at least the first drive he was in, in a change of pace style opportunity. I just, I, I feel like a lot of people are looking at this and they're like, Doug Peterson sent his best team out there, and right when they're at their closest, he put in his quarterback, which seemed like it was 
the plan. It's, that's why they went for it on the fourth down, I think, at the end of the third quarter, because this was Jalen Hurts' last drive. So he told them, go out there. You have a chance to get it. It feels to me that maybe Jalen Hurts is upset, but if Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth knew that Nate Sutfeld might play, just because the game is close doesn't mean Doug Peterson needs to change that strategy because they're close to winning currently. That That's just my opinion on it. And, and because of the way it played out, and yes, I think he had two interceptions and they lost the fumble and they end up losing quarter, by six each points. Each quarterback threw one pick. So Sudfeld only had one. So yeah, he, he the fumble turned the ball over and then one of his next two drives, I'm assuming he threw an interception and they lose by six. And they still had an opportunity to win the, the game at the end, but I don't think he whispered in Sudfeld's ear, hey, go out there and fumble a snap and throw an interception. Absolutely not, because you, you I, can't tell a player that because yeah, they're it, never so going to do it. I just think that it's unfortunate how it played out for Sudfeld, but I, I think it was the plan all along to put Sudfeld in the fourth quarter. Some of the things allude to that being the case. But because because they, knew the that they, they knew they weren't going to be able to win with Nate at quarterback, ultimately. But if you thought you could win, why wasn't he playing I, at any point see, this year when Carson and, was terrible? But that's the thing. I think that's what kind of causes the fumble by Jason Kelsey. It's like he's so wrapped up in his mind because the Eagles as a whole are so in such turmoil right now Absolutely that you, you pull Jalen Hurts. Carson Wentz, our borderline MVP from two years ago, is on the sideline not even dressed, and now Nate Sudfeld's coming in. I think they're mad that, that Doug Peterson didn't avert from the plan and keep Jalen Hurts in. I don't think they're mad that they put, like, I don't think it was a shock to the players that Sudfeld came in. I think they were mad that they didn't say, hey, forget Nate, let's try and win this game. Because some people, I think their belief is that Doug Peterson was like, end of the third quarter, it's close, three draft picks, Sudfeld, you're in. And Sudfeld was like, what? And grabbed his helmet and just ran in there. It was always the plan. And I saw, like, I think someone commented on the post, the confusion of why would they go for it on fourth and, and like, towards the end of the third quarter when they could do blah, blah, blah. And it's like, the, J the Jalen Hurts, this is your last series of the of the of the year and maybe it was his decision to go for it he wanted to try and get the touchdown and and give the team the lead before he comes out I I don't think their first and maybe that's where people disagree but I don't think their first priority walking in was to win the game like they wanted to see what they had risk some fourth downs to see if see they, what they had in what in, in Nate Sudfeld He's because Stop. They know what they've had. He's been on the roster for three years. He's actually, his contract voids. He's not on this roster next how year. How many passes has he thrown? Stop. No, no, no. You're no, kidding. He, no, well, how, how, this is Jared Stidham's what year? Second year. It's his second or third? The second year. The second year. Okay. Well, I, I just think, like, there, when has Nate Sudfeld had a chance to start consecutive games or play in live action? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I just... I'm not caught up in this is ruining the integrity of the game. I think the Eagles are. I, I never said that to be fair. Right, but that, that's what made me mad my, about. My only problem is your culture is nothing. You okay. don't try to win. We agree there. The Eagles. God, the Eagles are a, a train wreck. Dump train wreck, dumpster so fires, synonyms. We, I don't we, know what they're doing. We nailed we the Texans in the off in the off season. And I don't know if you'll go along with me on this, but I'm almost at the point where I think Doug Peterson gets fired at the end of next year. Not midseason, but at the end of next year because he has lost his team. He hasn't already. Like, it, if this is the case where if he did play Sudfeld because it came from the owner above, yeah. you know, I think, I think he had a choice, appease to the owner or – go down firing with my guys in an injury-ridden year and salvage my relationship with them. And he chose job security for another year with the owner, and he completely lost the locker room. I wish the Eagles luck, but way too far ahead, I have them coming in last in the NFC East next year. And it's just – it's Zach Ertz is crying in interviews. Jason Kelsey's yelling at the head coach. Head coach playing third-string quarterbacks. Carson Wentz is gone. What do you do with the defense? I, I don't know. The Eagles have a lot of work to do. But I guess the video that we posted with Joe Judge, I don't like the 
any Giants player complaining because you control your own destiny. I don't like putting it on the Eagles. And I just think Joe Judge went a bit far. I thought his, if he got asked about it because it affects him, it should have been, you know, um, if, if any of you watch First Things First, go listen to Nick Wright. They did a hypothetical and asked him what Joe Judge should say, and he gave about four or five sentences. But it was like, you know, we had a two two point loss earlier in the season. We were up by eleven with five minutes left to the Eagles on a Thursday night football game and lost. So this off season, when you're thinking about sleeping in or stopping on that rep or not running that extra lap, maybe you'll think about how close we were to winning our own playoff bid and that changes things. But the Giants didn't do enough, and I didn't like how far Joe Judge took it. Integrity of the game, this is crazy. But I do like what Joe Judge is doing with the Giants. I think his message is out in the culture he's trying to build and the type of coach he'll be. I think he'll be successful. But um, I just didn't like how far Joe Judge took the video. But I think we're saying it in different ways, but we agree that the Eagles yeah. are a train wreck. I, we don't like what they're doing, but I just I, didn't I, like the video. I wasn't going to bring up Joe Judge because I I know how you feel. And, you know, when I posted the video and I said exactly my thoughts, I shouldn't have said exactly my thoughts because he makes he makes three points in the video. And I was really on board for one of them. And it's I would never put you in position to throw a game when he says that. I believe him because that would have never flown under Bill Belichick because. And that's just real quick between me and you. And I know AB is an avid listener. So hear this with the, uh, we're not going to get into it, but the whole fantasy situation, that is, that is an individual sport. That is just me. I'm not affecting other human beings with my, like, I'm not taking other people in with that decision as to where Doug Peterson making that decision affected 53 other individuals in a team sport and, Yes, I think he should have taken into consideration his guys in his locker room. And for people like, no, he should have done that because who cares about the Giants? Well, they don't like the Red or the Washington football team either. Yeah. It's not like they're like trying to pick who do we want to go in the playoffs. I don't think they could have won that game, no matter who was in at quarterback. But I I guess if, if it is true that it came from higher up, he had a decision. Option A, side with the owner put in Sudfeld, lose my locker room, but return as the coach. Option B, screw owner, week 17, my guys down in the trenches, COVID year, we did it, we're here, let's try and throw everything we got at the kitchen sink. And he chose job safety, which, I don't know. Job safety and a higher draft pick, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it, however you feel about it, nothing can be undone. Um, if you're an I, Eagles fan, though, I don't know where you go from here. I don't know. I was, I was going to say, you know, if you're an Eagles fan today, are you upset? Are you happy? Um, you could be definitely happy. You got three picks higher. You could be upset because this is the culture that your coach is essentially okay with. Or maybe you're a little bit of both. You're like, well, I wish we wouldn't have done that, but I'm okay with the sixth pick. Or maybe you're like, I would have rather gone out on a win and spoil somebody's Super Bowl. Um, because essentially it, it was a big game for Washington. And when you can spoil anybody's game, you know, if you're Jalen Hurts and you take out a division rival, forcing them to miss the playoffs, that's a pretty big win going into the offseason. A lot of, a lot of confidence going into your sophomore year where you're the essentially as of today we assume he will be the starter. Lots of mock drafts have the Eagles taking a quarterback at 6. I don't really get into that, but that could be a confidence boost for him going into sophomore year. Last two points. One, you guys might be happy with the 6th pick. Um I know a lot of Eagles fans want Micah Parsons. If you pass on him, I wonder if you'll be upset that you moved up three picks not to get him. And the second thing is, what happened Like right when they found out about the ordeal? Jim Schwartz, defensive coordinator, you, you know, no hats on our field. We're not going to let him do that here. Like, maybe Jim Schwartz understands this locker room better than Doug Peterson. I'm not saying he's a better coach, but it seems like his mentality is more lined up. If, uh, if the Eagles start 0-3, 1-4 type thing, He's actually might... retiring. Oh, is he really? He is. His Health last issues. game was that travesty. All right. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. the culture. Tough. All right. We'll move on. We got lots of football to talk about. We've never really done a deep dive into one topic. I hope, uh, hope you guys liked that. Um, me and Brad sort of differed, but at the same time, we kind of agreed. Um, yeah. But uh, do you know what time it is? It's wild card time. It is wild card time. And we're going we're gonna to go right in a row, just like we do on the live show. 
Uh, Tyler, if you're listening, it's super wild card time. <laughs> super wild card. All right, let's uh, let's get right at it. So we got starting off the 11 and five Colts are at the 13 and three Bills. Um, I do want to put a note on this game. So this game is going to be broadcasted on CBS, but it's also going to have a simulcast on Nickelodeon. So if you guys have young children, um, they're going to be playing the game on Nickelodeon as well. And it's going to be, I don't want to say cartoonish, but they're going to have some Gaga in there to try and uh, have it be more appeasable to children. Kid-friendly, some googly eyes, some slime in the end zone. So if you're watching with your kids, maybe turn that on. But other than that, let's get to the game. 11-5 and five Colts. Um, they drop week one against the Jags. And they really recovered from that, obviously going 11-4 and four the rest of the year and, and beating the Jags in, in week 17. This is a good football team. They're traveling to the 13-3 and three Bills, who their only loss in the last eight games was on a Hale Murray, right? That was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They ended the year scoring, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe 48 points. 49 points and then 56 points. Is that, is that right? Um, I can they grab it real quick. Absolutely obliterating their fellow opponents. Um, Talk about the Bills? The Bills. Their yep, last okay. three games. Yep, I'm bringing it up right now. Uh, yeah, the Bills scored 48, 38, 56. Okay, so the one I was off on was New England, but uh, dropping 38 on New England is still impressive. They have a good defense. Dropping 56 on the Bill, on the Dolphins' defense when they needed a playoff. That is about as brutal as you can be. That is just an absolute flex. It is a total flex, in my opinion. That is just like Josh Allen in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they pulled Josh Allen. They tried to throw the game in the fourth quarter. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, they they pull him. uh, I got this right here. This is the Bills' last six games. They won all of them by 10 or more points. I think it's the first time in NFL history that a team won their last six all by more than 10. It's definitely the first time in NFL history that a team they've won their last three by twenty five plus. Yes. Uh, on these six games, they're six and zero. Obviously, they're first in points per game in the last six games at thirty eight point two. Their point differential is one hundred and nineteen in their last six games, and their yard differential is six hundred and seventy five over those last six games. They've outgained their opponents by six hundred and seventy five yards. It is scary when a team that's really good is really hot. No one wants to play the Bills. Um, the Colts, however, you know, no offseason, a lot of new pieces. It took them a while to finish out their running game. And Jonathan Taylor really found his footing over the last month. He ended up finishing third in the rushing title race. That's crazy because I um, had him on my fantasy team. He didn't do anything in there at the first half. Right, yeah. He had over 200 yards in that last game against the Jaguars, including a game-winning yeah. run. He had two rushes over 40 yards for touchdowns and a third one that might have been over 40 yards, just not a touchdown. Um, this Colts team's really found it out. They have a good defense, but right now defenses don't seem to matter to the Buffalo Bills. You're just going to have to keep them off the field. I just, I think where it's going to happen is limitations at quarterback and lack of playoff experience at quarterback for Phillip Rivers, really. I think Josh Allen... This is, you know, I haven't looked this up. Does Josh Allen have more playoff wins with one than Philip Rivers? Or has Philip Rivers won playoff games Many. just a long time ago? He, I believe he's three and zero against Peyton in the playoffs. Is he really? Yeah. See, you learn something new all the time. That's why. Yeah. That's why me and Jeff, you know, two people on the pod fact checking right. each other. Yeah, absolutely. So, so actually, flip that. Philip Rivers does have plenty of of experience. Um, this Colts team, though. Uh, they were up big on the Steelers, gave up a 17-point lead and lost. Then they're up 17 nothing on the Jaguars. It ends up being like 17-14 or 20-14 to late in that game. They can't, you can't seem to put a full game together. This Colts team's a good story. Um, it might be one and done for Phillip Rivers if they can get Carson Wentz. So maybe Phillip Rivers lays it on the line. But Phillip Rivers is turnover prone. Jordan Poyer, uh, Josh Norman, uh, Tredavious White, you know, they've got some good pieces. I think they force a few turnovers, and I quite honestly think this one has potential to get ugly. I really think the Buffalo Bills just beat the Colts pretty bad. Um, we open up Super Wild Card weekend, and I think that game might be over by the third quarter. I think the Bills just hammer them. 
This is crazy. Um, I think the Colts' best case scenario to win this game is if it's a blizzard. Uh, because I think they're a better running team than the Bills are. If this game has footing in the grass, I don't care if it's cold. If it has footing, Bills big, real big. Um, Colts defense has been solid this year, but the Bills aren't going to try and run the ball against the Colts, and that's where the Colts really strength their defenses is a run defense. Um, I like the Bills to win this huge. I think they drop 40. Uh, I think the Colts are fun for a minute, but like 40-24 is my final. I just think the Bills run away with this one. Yeah, um, little fun fact. Uh, I did predict the Bills 13-3 and before the season. Um, I was wrong on a lot of teams. Uh, maybe where the wins and losses were, but I was right on the Bills. I like to point that out. But I don't know. This Bills team, they literally, outside of the helm, Hail Murray haven't lost since Halloween, October 25th. Like, that's just, they're on fire. And I don't even know if the blizzard helps because both teams are playing. And it's funny how the Steelers and Bills, their undoing could just be really super bad snow at their home stadiums with their lack of running game. Yeah. um, Yeah. Anyone listening, maybe you differ on the score, but I don't think anybody's anybody's back in the Colts here to, to go to number two Buffalo and get the win. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll move on. Rams. Yeah. Actually, well, let's let, let me, let me stop real quick. Um, now nah, we'll save this for Thursday's spot. We'll keep it moving. The 10 and six Rams are at the Seahawks 12 and four on the year. Uh, they wrapped up the division title and that is why the Rams are at the Seahawks. So division opponents, I believe they are one and one against each other on the year. They are, yep. On November 15th, uh, Rams took it 23-16. I remember Russell was rolling at that time. I kind of said with Ramsey, they have the ability to beat them. Thought it would happen the second time, but the Seahawks got them 20-9. It was a uh, big field goal game, but there was only two. Jared Goff played pretty rough in that one, too. Yeah, um, the, him and Russ threw for about the same amount of yards, but he had a pick. Russ had a touchdown, but it really came down to there was only two long touchdown drives in the game. They both happened to be by Russell Wilson, and uh, in close games, fourth quarter, Russ he's just built different. So um, they end up taking it twenty to nine. But Jared Goff is a question mark going into this game with the hand surgery and. Um, Cooper Cup needs to still be cleared off the COVID list, if I'm not mistaken. He entered that last week, so they could be out with some big pieces. But over the past three weeks, that that um, Seahawks offense has kind of slowed down. Yeah, they've uh, they've scored 20, 20, and 26, not huge numbers. And this Rams defense is really, really good. Jamal Adams is a little bit banged up. Uh, still like Seattle at home though. Switching gears, huh? Yeah, I, I'm switching gears. Um, I, I will say this. Uh, if Jared Goff plays, I like the Rams. And I know that's, that might be weird because Jared Goff hasn't played well, come off the hurt. I just think his knowledge of the offensive system and his bootleg ability and his familiarity and comfort in the offense, um, I do think this this Rams defense has enough to get it done. However, you got to put up points to beat Russell Wilson in the playoffs. Russell's going to get to at least 20, 24 points, I think, even though he didn't in the regular season. I'm putting Seattle at home in the playoffs at at least 24 points. I don't know if they can get there without golf. Yeah, I think this one is incredibly low scoring, and I think it's really physical and a really tight game at the end. Um, but much like I have all year in those kind of games, I'm rolling with Russell Wilson. And I'm taking the Seahawks to come away with the victory. I think they can, they'll find a way to get some running game going. And regardless of who's got whoever, you know, Ramsey's on, whether it be Metcalf, which I believe it's going to be Metcalf. It was the last two times. Lockett will do enough. And Russ will do enough to get this as a W. I think the Seahawks win this one. 27-17 is going to be my my prediction. That sounds sounds great. Under yeah, and I, under twenty four, I think is probably where both these teams are at. It, it seems to have been both times, so we'll see. Uh, even if Jared Goff plays, I still like the Seahawks. But note this: if the Rams with Jared Goff go into Seattle, 
I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if it does, and they put the beat down on them, they quickly become a Super Bowl favorite. Because I think this team has the potential. We've gone over it many times. This team 100% has the potential to be scary good. Um, but I don't think I don't think they'll get it done. So, all right, Saturday night football. The goat Tom Brady <laughs> is going to be with the Buccaneers, uh, 11 and five, traveling to the Washington football team, seven and nine on the year with Alex Smith and Ron Rivera. It's it's basically the the goat with his new aggressive coach versus uh, uh, two comeback kids. You got Alex Smith coming back from a career-ending injury. And Ron Rivera beating cancer this year. It's been such a story for the Washington football team, changing their name, um, literally cutting their starting quarterback, who was a captain for their team. I mean, there's so many stories around both of these teams. Uh, the Bucks potentially be without Mike Evans this weekend. Well, uh, well that'll come to see. Uh, Antonio Brown looking like 2017 Antonio Brown in the last game. Um, I'm going to let you start because I have a feeling I know where you're going, but I'm not going to let you get away with this one. Okay, so it would be really cool to be able to be the guy that says Washington's going to upset the Buccaneers, even though they're the home team in the higher seed, which they deserved because they're better, right? Um, no, uh, it would be uh, it would be cool to say the Washington football team's going to win. They're going to beat the Buccaneers. Um, and some people might be scared to say that, and uh, I guess I'm just not one of them. I think Washington has a real, real chance to win this game. And uh, why not? I'm going to take the Washington football team to get it done. And the reason why is if you were to ask me which roster I'd rather have, sure, Buccaneers, easy. Uh, they got the names. They got the talent. A um, couple reasons. One, I don't want to get fooled by this massively brilliant last month by Tom Brady. He has been unstoppable. But we've been saying it since week 13 they're going to come out of the bye vikings falcons lions falcons yep and maybe he did more than what he was supposed to do but he knew he had a chance to beat down this last month took advantage of it and they've been playing outstanding but there's there's just been two things that seem to have been nagging the bucks all year that is a very disruptive front seven and playing in the eight o'clock time window they're doing both. They're traveling to Washington from Tampa. I don't think the cold is going to affect Brady at all. He played in New England 20 years, people. However, this Bucks team doesn't do it a lot. So I'd be real keen on checking that weather for the Bucks. But the 8 o'clock window, they scraped by the Giants. They've lost to the Bears. And the Washington football team is kind of that formula. Alex Smith. I think he's better than Mitch Trubisky or Daniel Jones. It's not quite as athletic, but he's, he's more savvy, more know-how, less turnover prone. I think that's a huge key in beating Brady. You can't give him free possessions. Yeah. And um, I'm not even going to say that they're going to sack Tom Brady and, and just be destroying him all night. Tom Brady's only been sacked 22 times this season. That's a great number, but the pocket is going to be disrupted constantly. And you have a rookie Tristan worse against a not-so-rookie rookie in Chase Young, and that's going to be there all night. I didn't get a chance to look up if Iowa, if Iowa played Ohio State last year to see if maybe Chase Young played Tristan Wirfs last year in the Big Ten. But you just look at Sweat, Payne, Kerrigan, Young. It's going to be interesting because it's not a is-the-team-better. It's really just a matchup thing. And I think the Washington football team has a real chance, a real chance to upset them. They're favored, but I'll be that guy. I'll take Washington. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, it's not a bad pick. It's truly not. The, I, first off, an Alex Smith-led Washington football team is not 7-9. and nine. This is the combination of... I think he was Dwayne. five and two as the starter. What was he? I think Alex Smith was five and two as the starter. So if we go back, I mean, Dwayne Haskins started this year, and then it went to Kyle, Kyle Allen, and then it went to Alex Smith, and then it was given back to Kyle. Alex Smith starting this year completely would have won this division way before week seventeen. Let me start there, okay? 
because this team does have pieces to win. Um, they're, I mean, they have a number one receiver. They have a, a running game. Um, they're not super great up front, but they're great on the on, on the defensive line. <sighs> I'd just like to make a quick point. Since week 11, November 22nd, well, actually, no, November 15th, they haven't allowed more than 20 points. That Washington? Washington it's 9, 16, 17, 15, 20, 20, 14. And the best team they faced is probably Pittsburgh? Um, Pittsburgh, 49ers are playing okay, Seahawks. So, yeah, they have What did they give up to Seahawks? Uh, they lost 15 to 20. Interesting. So, uh, first off, you made a lot of great points. This Bucks team has, um, mm-hmm. against a great pass rush, has been really slouchy. And in prime time, they were abominable. Just absolutely miserable. But I think... The primetime window goes more along with the fact that they were 0-2 against the Saints, too. And um, this Bucks team's 11-3 and without him, well, without the Saints games in their roster. And I think we're, we're kind of forgetting the best four teams in the NFC this year, the Packers, the Saints, the Seahawks, and then the Bucks. None of I, them play each other. <laughs> none of them played each other. I think the Bucks are going to beat Washington. Um, this, this Tom Brady, 43 year old season revenge, whatever you want to call this, that he's on. Um, it seems like he's got his boys with him. It seems like every receiver he's throwing to, he digs, um, in the past, that wasn't the case with new England. And he loves Tyler Johnson. He loves Scotty Miller. Uh, I mean, he obviously loves Godwin and, and AB and, and Gronk and, and Evans, hopefully Evans will play and, I wouldn't be shocked to see Gronk get more of a more of a load too. I think they were kind of trying to preserve him towards the end. It seemed like he was only getting big time throws. He wasn't really getting your everyday underneath stuff. But um, I think this team's able to run the ball more, better than we think they are. And I think not only are they going to beat the Washington Redskins, I think they'll do a comfortable Redskins. Sorry, Washington football team. I got twenty-seven, seventeen. I think I just think Washington isn't going to be able to score as much as they really need to to keep up with this offense. I'm not saying the Bucks are going to drop forty. Right. Like they've been doing, but I think that they get to 27. And I don't think Washington can get to 27. Yeah, and if you're listening, um, what Tampa Bay has, um, their rush defense has kind of put up this, this disguise like their entire defense is good. They have some pretty big issues on the back end. They can give up passes. Yeah. And uh, Terry McLaurin's real. I would look for Terry McLaurin to be the difference in this game if Washington gets it done. He's got to have a big game. And if you take Tampa, obviously I'm not going to tell you that's a bad play. I think they're eight and a eight and a half point favorites on yeah. the Vegas line. But um, Which, by the way, you, I think it's too big. Even though I'm predicting 10, that number is great for Washington. It really right. is. If you were listening and you really haven't watched the NFC East a whole lot, or maybe you just are high in the Bucks or haven't watched any of it, those are the ways Washington's going to be able to win. Yeah. Um, it, it starts and ends with their front seven. Uh, last four seasons, they've taken a first-round pick and put it on that defensive line, and they've all hit. They have not missed one of those draft picks yet, and it's a bunch of studs. And somehow they finished the season, oddly enough, beating the Eagles by six with a point differential of positive six. So making the Browns the only team with a negative point differential in the playoffs, which is really hard to do. But yeah. for Washington, that's the way they can do it. Uh, it's just kind of lined up to where this is like one of the matchups they didn't want. I think the I think deep down the Buccaneers were hoping they get a second shot at the Giants. I don't think they really wanted to see Washington. No, I think it is. I agree with you. I think it's a bad matchup. I was rooting for the Cowboys because the Cowboys just don't really have the secondary, and I knew Tom Brady would be able to. Yeah, Tom Brady would be able to eat them up. Um, the secondary of Washington, I'm not concerned about. It is that pass rush. Is Tom Brady going to be able to sit there while these why these long developing routes are going to get going. Who knows? Um, but I, I can't pick against Brady in the playoffs, even though it's a road game. I get um, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going New England. Wow. <laughs> going Tampa. <laughs> Gosh, I miss you, Tom. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it moving. We'll go to Sunday, January 10th, 1 o'clock window. Uh, questionably the hottest team going to the playoffs. It's definitely arguable. 11-5 and five, Ravens are at the 11-5 and five Titans, the team that beat them in their place 
They're going to them this year. Getting a little swaparoo wild card weekend. Uh, where are you going on this one? I think I know. I think I'm gonna go opposite though. Um, I, I've got the Ravens winning this game. Um, they did play the Titans once before. They lost in overtime. It was in the middle of a three-week skid. They lost to New England. They lost to Tennessee. Then they lost to Pittsburgh again. They are kind of trying to figure it out. And then uh, they reeled off five straight. Now, in their last five, they're five and zero. Oh. Points per game is second in the league at thirty-seven. Points per game allowed is fifth at 17th, first and third down percentage, second and third down percentage allowed. With that being said, though, they're hot, and Lamar Jackson's playing well. Mm. But let me just say five things. Cowboys, Browns, Jaguars, Giants, Bengals. Uh, I was going to get there if you didn't. I'm going to say that one more time. Cowboys, Browns, Jaguars, Giants, Bengals, and they could not stop the Browns. If it wasn't for Lamar Jackson having to poop, though, they might have put up 60. So this offense, it's just unlike any other offense you see. And, yes, Lamar, can he pass from the pocket? Can he beat a team with his arm? This Titans defense is sorry, people. I don't know if you're watching the same games I am. But this team goes as far as Derrick Henry can take them. If Derrick Henry tweaks an ankle, the Titans won't win a game. He... He's arguably the MVP. That might be a topic for Thursday's pod. However, I believe the Ravens have more ways they can win than the Titans, so I'm taking them. But my goodness, is this one of the waking up Sunday? This is the first game we get on Sunday. This is questionably the best one. Yeah, I, I think if you're talking about two teams that are evenly matched that we ex- that you truly do not know either way. Um, Rams, Seattle, since they're in division and then Ravens, Titans, and they've had a low key rivalry for about a year or two now in each other in the playoffs games, going to overtime in the regular season, top two or three rushing attacks year in, year out. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, this is going to be a fun one. I'm, I'm going to put it on the Ravens though. And I'm, I'm low key hoping the Ravens win. So obviously, you know, my, my, Weird loyalty to the Titans this year. Love them. I uh, think it's I yeah. think it's Abel and yeah, it's, I, a lot cool. of former Patriots play for him. It, it, it's so fun to watch Derrick Henry too. And oh. um, you have the 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 number one in the league in rushing the Ravens as a team, and then number one in the league in rushing as an individual, Derrick Henry. Um, the Ravens do it with a, a multitude of guys. It seems like whoever is carrying the rocks getting five and a half a yard. Or, I would say like 150 yesterday or uh, two days ago. They, it doesn't even matter. Like Gus Edwards doesn't get carries and he averages for a career like 6.7. It's some stupid. I don't um, even know linemen can pass block. They're just I, going forward every play. Literally, it's 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 absolutely wild. Lead, lead the dudes. <laughs> I think this one is a very short game. I think both teams run it down each other's throats. It's super close at the end. But I'll take the quarterback that can drive down the field with his arm on the last second drive because that's what it's going to take in this one. I don't think that the Titans run away with it like they did last year. I don't think they just stifle Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar has a good day. But at the end of the day, if the Ravens are down to end the game, they're not coming back. And if the Titans are down, I think they have what it takes to come back. I like the Titans in a super close game, 24-21, 27-24. I like them there. Call me crazy. 27-24, Titans are up. Ravens are about 20 yards out. Lamar rolls out, throws a deep ball. Dez jumps up and catches it, reaches out. As it hits in the end zone, he loses it. They call it catch, though. They call it catch, though. Redemption, Ravens win the game. Dez throws up the X's, and we're out of Tennessee. But, no, that'd be fun in games. But, yeah. This is a total 50-50 game. Absolutely. We'll obviously be putting polls up for all these games, and we'll yeah. be keeping track of what y'all think. But goodness gracious, that's that's going to be a fun watch for someone who's going to be a nervous wreck because their team plays later in the night. That's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. We'll keep it moving to the next one. In my opinion, I mean, take it for what you will, I think this is the least intriguing game. 
It's the 440 time slot on Sunday. It's the 8-8 eight and eight Chicago Bears at the 12-4 and four Saints. These Bears started off 5-1, and one, dropped a million in a row, and then ended up getting themselves together at the end. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky seems like he is the best option at quarterback, so we can stop with the Nick Foles, Gander, and all that other stuff. But um, the Saints have been... They've been a wreck all year, really, if you think about it. I mean, they've gone through a lot of the problems that a lot of people have gone through, but we don't talk about them in the same breath because they were able to still win. Um, weirdly enough, they lost four games, and both times they lost a game, they lost back-to-backs. One in the beginning of the year, two, or two in the beginning of the year, two in the end of the year. I like them to absolutely obliterate the Bears. Yeah. Um, I think the Bears are a fun story. They made it in. In my opinion, they're the worst team in the playoffs, and that includes Washington. Um, I just think that they're limited at quarterback. Trubisky was was the best option. He's played fine, but he's the worst quarterback in this playoff, and I don't think it's close. Um, He's worse than Baker, and Baker's the only one that's even close to him, in my opinion. Uh, Saints run away with this. Saints big. Big. Maybe even by 35 points. I mean, I just don't think the Bears are in this game. Seriously. I don't think that the Bears are in this game at all. All right. Um, yeah, no Alvin Kamara still. Um, I'd assume that means their other running back. Uh, I think they expect him back. I heard he's not playing. If he truly isn't going to play, it's going to be closer, but I still like the Saints regardless. I like the Saints to win this no matter what, but I, I, I think he is projected to be back by then if he can test negative. Because his situation's really up in the air. Like he, they it's don't even know if he was actually. They're optimistic. Um, yeah, because they, they they get terrific injury news on Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Um, yeah, yeah, they're even expecting Thomas back. That's right. The, nobody really knows. But regardless, I like the Saints in this game. And if they if they're full, if they got Thomas, they got Kamara. I like them huge. I don't think the Bears have a shot. Yeah. Um. You make a good point. The Saints have a really good roster. Everyone talks about Cam Jordan, but it's the other guy, Hutchinson, I think his name is. Yeah. Thirteen and a half sacks on the year, tied for second with Aaron Donald. I forget who's first, but he's tied for second. Um, <laughs> but the Saints have a phenomenal roster. Oh. The Saints have a phenomenal roster, and. I honestly don't want to look too far ahead, but I can't wait till the following weekend when the Bears get their third crack at the Green Bay Packers. I can't give you a definitive reason why, but the Bears are going to win this game. The Bears are going to go into New Orleans. I know I've been been weirdly talking up the Bears here and there, and I haven't been right this whole season. I'm not saying I'm, I'm right now, but Mitch Trubisky's playing well. Outside of the Green Bay Packers, he's been playing well against everybody else. Uh, the Packers just seem to have their number. Aaron Rodgers plays lights out against them, plays lights out against everybody. But um, I don't know. So, for some reason, every year we say the Saints are, are so good and they're going to roll, and then they just hit this wall in the postseason. I, I, I'm not. Maybe this is the year they don't hit it, but I'm not convinced that they're just going to run away from the Bears. I think the Bears have some pieces. Maybe some plays. And maybe you're right. Maybe they blow them out. And maybe I'm just talking nonsense. But I just, I guess the only reason I'm talking about is one, to play devil's advocate a little bit. And two, just so it's out there that I think the Bears can really win this game. I'll be rooting for the Bears. I think they really have a chance. And I'm just trying to tell you guys don't sleep on them. They play well. Allen Robinson's a true number one wide receiver. They've got a deep threat in Daryl Mooney, who's a home run pick in the draft. He's played extremely well. And this defense on their day can wreck a game. So we haven't really talked about Khalil Mack all year. I'm hoping that maybe on a 4 o'clock on a Sunday we can see Khalil Mack wreck a game. You know, I, if this game were swapped and it was at Chicago, I would feel, I'd feel solid about saying the Bears can win this game. I don't think in the environment of where they're going to be at, I don't think this sets up well for them. But I will say this. The Saints have found a way to lose a playoff game <laughs> for the last decade. And they weird, they lose them in weird ways. They really do. It's the weirdest ways. And then they blame the refs or they, they blame coaching. 
It wouldn't shock me to see the Bears win. It truly would, I, just because the Saints haven't had success. Like you if said, if I'm picking a game, yeah. Saints big in this one. Saints. Like you said, it, it was at Soldier Field, but they played each other mm-hmm. November first, and it went into overtime. And I know that was at Soldier Field, but this Bears. I, I actually called the Bears to win that game because so, I didn't we, like Breeze going outside. And uh, we we both kind of this is about the time when the the Bears really start to f- fall apart. But, you know, when they did fall apart, their losses, Rams, Saints, Titans, Vikings is in division, Packers in division, no excuse on losing the Lions. I don't care if it's division or not. But they lost to some pretty good teams in there, too. It wasn't like they were just – they had a really rough schedule. Um, I just think the Saints have a lot more to lose. The Bears can really play carefree. I think we, the Saints might find themselves walking on eggshells. It's the third year. We got to do it. This is our year. We have to now. Drew Brees, this is it. I, I'm leaving after this. We got to do it for Drew. Maybe we throw that pass when we should run, and it might not work out. Or maybe we do this when we should have done that. Or everyone's, you know, I feel like it's a little tense in New Orleans because of where they've been in the postseason. And for the Bears, it's like, hey, we made it on week 17 even when we lost. House money. Let's just roll the dice yeah. Go there and let's just play some football. I, I just think this might be just one of those weird games. You know, it's first round of March Madness, or you know that college bowl game where the team just comes out and it's their day. I just, I don't know. You're on. To, you're on to something. You're on to something. Do it. I think they can do it. Yeah, I just I look at this as as what it is. Um, one of these teams was the best teams in the entire NFL. Yeah, I mean they they went. I mean, they were when they were great. They were great. They won like eight in a row at one point. Mm-hmm. And and the Bears, they snuck into the playoffs. And and as much crap as we've given the NFC East for winning seven games, and I mean earlier today you said I don't care about anybody that's complaining about winning six games and almost getting the playoffs. The Bears won eight. They were eight and eight. You know, um, the the Patriots finished up seven and nine on the year. I would pick the Patriots to beat the Bears today. I just I'm not in love with the Bears. I understand what they can present. Um, this is a winnable game for the Saints. I expect them to take care of business. Okay. So let's get to the last. Let's get let's get to this last one. So eleven and five. Cleveland Browns making the playoffs for the first time since 2002. They're heading to their division rival, the 12 and four Pittsburgh Steelers, who started at one point 11 and 0. They finished the year one and four, kind of a rocky end. I will say they sat their starters for the most of their starters in week 17 in a loss to the Browns. So the Browns were able to clinch the playoffs for the first time since 2002. They're going to play on Sunday night football, but they're going to do so without their coach. Their head coach has tested positive for COVID-19 and will be out of the game. Um, he's been the big story, button, but they will also be without their, um, what some people would believe to be an all pro left, ta- left guard. Um, they're going to be losing him for the game. Big Ben has a week to sit. You know, they had a – the Pittsburgh Steelers had a very weird bye week this week where they didn't actually have a true bye. Um, some games got rearranged, and they got a bye week with, like, two days in preparation. So it was, it was really strange. Big Ben really needed a bye, and they obviously missed it from, you know, dropping to 11-3 uh, and three at one point. So they, they ended up winning their last one against the Colts, and then they threw the week 17 because they were locked into a, the playoffs, and they, they liked that spot. And – Truthfully, I think it worked out for them because I think they drew a matchup nightmare. They're going to beat the Browns, and they're probably going to do it handily. I predicted a blowout for Saints and Bears. Um, I predicted a blowout with Bills and Colts. I'm going to predict another one. Baker Mayfield is going to be on a primetime slate without his head coach that has known to reel him in, and that's going to be a problem that he's not on the sideline. Uh, Baker makes a bunch of mistakes in this one. And the Steelers are going to disguise themselves for at least a week. Because I'm not I'm still not in love with the Steelers. I don't know what they are going forward, but they're gonna disguise themselves for at least a week that they're a complete football team going into the divisional round and they're gonna put the whooping on the Browns. Um I'm gonna go thirty one thirty one thirteen. Okay, um the Browns. First of all, any critique I have of the Browns is solely defensively. 
Uh, they lose Olivier Vernon to a yep. Achilles. I didn't even bring that up. Yep. Um, Miles Garrett even looked like he was dealing with some stuff on the sideline last game. He only came in like third downs. He was rubbing his shoulder on the sideline weird. Um, I really think the Steelers are going to destroy the Browns. I'm so nervous for this game as a fan because of like if we were to lose the amount of talking that I would have to listen to. For a long um, time. Yeah, yeah, no, it it wouldn't be for a short time because nothing that happened in the regular season matters. Um, but we did rest four starters. One for the past eight years has been a top five center in the NFL. One's a two-time Super Bowl champ quarterback. One's defensive player of the year. And the other one's in a year-in, year-out pro bowler who last time he played against, she had eight tackles in Cameron Hayward. Cameron Hayward also lines up over the left guard who won't be there. Um, no OBJ. Last time they played, they had OBJ, and they, they still lost 38-6, to 36-8. I think we could both agree they're better without OBJ. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know. It's just um, it was 38-7. I just uh, – I, I, you lose those, those pieces. I, your offense is not your problem. I just think there's too many holes on defense. I think the Steelers are going to be able to score. They're going to be able to move the ball. And, you know, put it this way, without T.J. Water, Cameron Hayward, the Browns scored 24 points. I don't think they'll be able to score that many, and I don't think 24 will be enough to beat the Steelers. Um, you could argue the Saints. Maybe I'm missing one off the top of my head, but I think the Steelers have easily the best defense in the playoffs, and it's strength against strength there, but when it comes to the Steelers' offense versus the Browns' defense, I mean, it was kind of like Mason Rudolph throwing jump balls for two and a half hours, and the Steelers still almost won. If it wasn't for basically a, a pick six by Mason Rudolph, you know, we all we all watched that game. So at Heinz Field, under the lights, in the playoffs, definitely more pressure on the Steelers than the Browns. Um, I think we're both in agreement this should be a route. I think a lot of Browns fans feel that way too. All I ask is I've been – very straightforward the whole year. One of my favorite things about the sports world and this community and real talk is the banter. I love being able to to give the crap, receive the crap when our teams win and when our teams lose. I just ask that you bring the same energy before the game that you want to bring after the game. So the Anthony Pratt's out there that I know are listening, or maybe the Nate Rays, or you know, big Browns fans, shimming, you know, you know who you are that I know personally. If you want to come talk to my face, I won't be able to hear it unless I hear it all week before the game because the Steelers are about to roll. And um, it's going to be real fun in February when uh, when the Steelers get that seventh ring. So I'm excited to start this journey here on Sunday. Well, we weren't going to go into that. We're going to keep it to Wild Card Weekend for now. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we uh, we did every game justice. I got three close. And uh, three blowouts, and I only have one road team winning, um, and that would be Tom Brady. Outside of that, I like. But fun fact: last year on Wild Card Weekend, road teams went three and one. Obviously, there's more games this year, oh, two yeah, extra yeah. games. But uh, three and one on road games last year. So, and also, look Brent, out. I think these are fun matchups. I I don't want to overlook it. Congratulations making the playoffs after 18 years. Yeah. Um, a lot of people on the page I know are my age. I was seven the last time they made the playoffs. I don't even remember it. You know what I'm saying? So it's really the first time for a lot of us actually being a fan, seeing them in the playoffs. And if you win, congratulations, but you're not expected to. And the way COVID's been hitting your team, it, it's really unfortunate that, that COVID had to kind of ruin you guys having a chance to go in full health. Um. But what a year it's been for you guys, 11-5. and five. I, I don't know if, if anybody really had them going 11-5. and five. And maybe, just maybe, the Browns aren't the Browns anymore. Because maybe this year they're not the Browns. If that makes well, sense. You they know, went 11-5. They went 11 and five. They went 0-4 against their big brothers in the division. I'm sorry, they went 1-3. and three. They stole a win against the Steelers. 
if they get blown out against the Steelers on on Sunday night, rule still applies. If they play a really respectable game and they lose, I'll give them their props. I'll leave them alone for a little bit. But if they walk into this game and they just get obliterated, like I think they're going to, no. Not letting them off the hook. You know, so, I don't know. I, uh, I'm i excited for this playoffs. There's, there's several good matchups here. Um, weirdly enough, I feel like a lot of these games are one-sided. A couple of coin flips, but um, we'll see. Yeah, just one last recap. Bills, I got the Rams if Jared Goff plays. If not, I got Seattle, Washington, Ravens, Pittsburgh. Give me the Bears. Bills, Seahawks, Buccaneers, Titans, Saints, Steelers. Taking the uh, the favorite in all of them. Uh, well, except, yeah, the Bucks. But no, the Bucks are favorited too. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, I get. Actually, I think the Ravens are favored, aren't they, against the Titans? Well, that, I'm might, that might be a coin flip. I meant the seed, not not by the line. I just meant you're taking the higher seed in every game except Tampa. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The New taking England Buccaneers. Home teams across the board except Tampa. Yep. So. Okay. Well, that concludes the uh, Super Wild Card breakdown and uh, our Joe Judge dissection of the Eagles and Joe Judge's comments and what have you. And hope you guys all listened. You know meander on about over to that youtube page smash that subscribe button you know get us out Mm -hmm. there share us if you want to build this community i know it's fun for you guys not just the podcast but facebook page has been an absolute success i think we're at 154 i believe is what the number was i looked last so yeah absolutely we'll be back thursday we're gonna do some mailbag questions we're gonna talk obviously the upcoming monday nighter Ohio State, Alabama National Championship game, and maybe we'll talk some NBA too. And I think we'll also probably talk some NFL coaching vacancies as well. So uh, be on the lookout. Hope you guys enjoyed this one, and we'll see you guys next time. Also, Michigan fans, we're ten and zero in basketball. We got Minnesota tomorrow night. Tune into that. Let's go.